Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline. What? She's not here. Oh, oh thank God. Wait, you wait a damn minute. Oh, gee golly wow. There's not a storyline here. What the fuck is going on? You got your acoustic guitar to go on the corner, bitch? <laughs> oh, Stefan, watching you crumble is so embarrassing. <laughs> Welcome back to Rebel Without a Closet, my labor of love dedicated to the queer and queer-adjacent films that turn me into the Sanderson sister wannabe that I want to be. Spice Girls? No. No, we're not going to go with that. So traditionally, this will be the cutting room floor, but instead, we are doing part two of our Hocus Pocus episode. Take a listen. I'll be back at the end. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, kids suck. Stay young forever. <laughs> so how are we feeling? Are we ready? Alex, Wait. you good? Wait. Probably. All right, Sam, come down um, here, share the microphone, and we're going to talk over each other a lot. <laughs> Yay. One question that I had for everybody, I'm going to turn it down a little bit, is uh, do you think this movie still holds up? Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. No follow-up. Uh, no, <laughs> I have been using this movie to like comfort myself through the last eight months of p- the pandemic. Like whenever I'm feeling super down, this is what I put on. Oh, <laughs> uh, pandemic. Yeah. Wait, what? There's a pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> what? If I was to watch the other gays in Toronto. Um, I would think there was no pandemic. <gasps> Fools! All of you. There's so- no part of it this that isn't cl- like. To me and to a generation of people, this movie defines Halloween. It yeah, defines yeah. the way we celebrate Halloween, the way we want to dress for Halloween. It's the music we listen to. It is the soundtrack of our Halloween. It is absolutely fabulous. Love, 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 love. This is one of those movies where it just feels like it's always existed as part of my life. I grew up as someone who was obsessed with Bette Midler. Like Bette Midler was what helped me transition from animation to live action film. The first live action film that I saw and fell in love with was Big Business starring Bette Midler, following which I just, I couldn't get enough of her. So this, this is like me with even seeing it for the first time was like being like, oh, this is a member of my family because this is someone who I've loved for my entire existence. This movie to me is just like, it's one of those classics that you don't really get tired of. I'm not obsessed with it the same way that Peach is, where I need to watch it every six months. But for example, if I was at home and I still had TBS cable television, I could see myself easily watching this more than once in the run of a day. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. It's just, it's a classic. It gives me all the feel good feels that I want from Halloween. It gives me non horror terror, which I love. I've always been one of those people who, for me, I like that Halloween doesn't necessarily have to be scary. I'm not one of those people who's drawn to blood and gore and murder and crime, and just odd based on what I do for a living. But it's not the thing that appeals to me about Halloween. Because your job is too real. The rest of us live in a fairy tale land where we can pretend that it doesn't happen. That it doesn't exist. Yeah, 100%. But I just, I love how this has the kind of Halloween scariness that, that really just appeals to me. It, it gives, it's like Disney magic come to life. Well, like literally real life as opposed to animation. Well done. And I, I, I love the fact that like, no matter what age I am, my favorite part about this movie is 
first off, the movie itself is perfection, but I love the fact that I can always gather a group of people and we can watch it together. It is just one of those movies that is such a crowd pleaser. Even if it's just something that's on in the background while you're doing exactly this talking and having a drink and eating some food and acting a fool, it's always part of my Halloween movie mashes up. Like whenever I do my double features, I always include Hocus Pocus, no matter what. Because no matter what, everyone will show up to watch Hocus Pocus. My favorite part of this movie, oddly enough, even though Bette Midler, Bette Midler, is Sarah Jessica Mm -hmm. Parker going, amok, 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 amok. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why, but it just brings me so much joy. So, um, my first memory of Hocus Pocus I didn't actually get to see the movie. My first memory of Hocus Pocus is I was a very young child visiting Toronto um, during the summer because this was a summer release movie because they didn't want to compete with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I remember being in Young and Dundas Square and thinking it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And there was a giant, giant billboard for Hocus Pocus. And there was a line to get in to see it. And I remember thinking, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this. And I remember seeing it later, like almost a year later, because this was after, like this was back in the days when you had to wait for it to come out on VHS and rent it. Um, I, I always remember loving this movie because it's a Halloween movie that doesn't assume that the people watching it are stupid. I find a lot of Halloween movies, especially if they're like, directed towards kids they think oh they're just kids it doesn't matter like they shot on location in salem and in uh, another town in massachusetts Mm. they hired award-winning costume designers and i feel like that movie again because it was it was respected as a regular movie Mm. it was written like it it was written it was produced it was lit like a regular movie that it just so happens a lot of kids liked yeah that's because it didn't do well in the box office when it first came out. But what's made it so timeless is the fact that you can tell that they didn't cheap out on certain things because it was a kid's movie. Yeah. Well, so funny enough, I don't, to the best of my knowledge, we as a family did not see this in theaters. My first memory of this movie is we had a recorded VHS copy of it from CBC during their like Halloween night special. So the first, so also, I never saw this movie without commercials until maybe 2002 when my mom was able to find a DVD copy of it somewhere. <laughs> so for years, I, I still, when I watch this, certain commercials pop into my brain at certain cuts because I'm just like, oh, and that's when, like, you know, the previews for like, doc, like, I, like, I'm trying to think of what year it was, but like, it would be like, Wind at My Back. Wind at My Back. Yes. Actually, that was one of, yeah. It was like all of those like because I feel like the tape was probably recorded in like ninety five or something. Yeah. Um. So and it was just I don't know there was something about it. I'm sure it was a mix of the music mm-hmm. and the colors and also like it's just I think there's something about Halloween movies that just you like as a kid you just get them. It's the same thing as Nightmare Before Christmas. There's just something about the aesthetics of it that like you're just drawn to. It's yeah. the fantasy. It's the make believe. It's also the association with Halloween is like. You know, that one day of the year where you get to do everything you're not supposed to do. You get candy. You can eat it constantly. You stay up late. You yeah. go out after dark. You dress up. Like, all of the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I think all of that. Magic is real on Halloween. It's, That's it. It's the fucking thing. Growing up, like, again, I totally agree with this. Is just part of my childhood. 
Like I don't remember a time without it. And granted, there could there was a time without it. But if this movie came out in '93, I would have been five. So I probably didn't see it right when it came out because my parents would have thought it was a little old for me. Um, but earliest type movie memories beyond like the cartoon Disney is this has got to be one of them for sure. Uh, like this and Labyrinth and the Goonies uh, and like Princess Bride. Like those are staples of my childhood. I almost wasn't allowed to see this movie because they, my parents took me to the witches first, like the 1990s uh, witches with Angelica Houston. And I was uh, five at the time. So we went to the Fox Theater, which is on Queen Street uh, East. Really great theater. My parents walked there with me and they sat me down and they were like, okay, we're going to watch this movie because it was a Disney movie, The Witches. They were horrified. They were like, oh my God, we are horrible parents. This is terrible. Like, is he traumatized? I'm sitting there like five years old, mesmerized, just like did not make a- Living your best living life. Living my best life. <laughs> so- when this movie was advertised, I begged and I begged and I begged. And I remember watching it being like, I love this. Like, this is exactly the kind of movie that I love. And I was a very shy kid. So I didn't do a lot of talking to begin with. So I used to read a lot. So like this kind of fantasy world where this guy who is out of place, like comes into a small town and kind of becomes the hero of this movie and is up against all these supernatural characters. Like that was something that really spoke to me because I was like, well, maybe one day I'll have my shot. Maybe one day, like I will also be able to step out of myself and become the lead character in whatever movie it happens to be. But 100%, this movie is iconic. It's funny. It's it's well-written, it's got all of the tropes of a classic fantasy story, but it still holds so true today as it did then in the sense that it is just a fun, classic, good versus evil, but funny, lighthearted movie. 100%. It's, it's just, 100%. it's fascinating how <laughs> it is a perfect time capsule of the period of the mid-90s in regards to the cameo appearances yeah. like Gary and Penny Marshall yes. in regards to the fashions, the vocabulary choices that they're using. Like it really encapsulates that period in such a beautiful way. And I mean, it's got Bette Midler. <laughs> I mean, it's got a gay icon, Sarah Jessica Parker, who is just about to land the role of a lifetime as Carrie Bradshaw. And it's got Kathy Najimy, who is just about to go into Sister Act, which is her most iconic role. I mean, they're all on a they're all on a high. I think that uh, having grown up with it, you can appreciate it in that nostalgia way that a lot of people appreciate the Princess Bride or something, and people who haven't seen it, like when you reference like the rodents of unusual size, they're like, what? And with this, we're like, who lit the black flame candle? Or, je veux mon libre. Oh my God. <laughs> it is like something I quote constantly in and out of this movie. And just people who get it, just get it. And people who maybe didn't get that nostalgic sheen on it don't appreciate it as much. But I think, I mean, present company included with Sam and Alex, they didn't grow up with it necessarily, but they can 100% appreciate everything that it is, everything that it brings. And we all have those, I think, that 
both Carlotta and and Chad have spoken in the past about like a lot of the movies that they we've watched together and reviewed together being very influential to their development. And this is one of those movies for me. Like, yes, I'm not a witch. Yes, I don't suck the lives of the children on my spare time. But it's still like allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like it was just. It was great. And I remember like, I watch it every year and it was interesting. One of my, one of my exes had never seen it. And the reason to leave them right there. 28. Yeah, no, I write, <laughs> but I was like, this is, it's interesting because these are, this is one of those movies that like actually holds a good part of my childhood. The thing is having not grown up with the movie, I feel like had I grown up with it, I would have really related mm. to the protagonists, the kids. I would have, um, probably been very invested in their story but watching it as an adult i just fell in love with the witches and all three of them are having so much fun with their roles the entire movie is just this delightful gem of getting to see these wonderful actresses having the time of their lives and there's something that is so fun and special about getting to to watch that Bette Midler wearing fabulous costumes. It's women who have become synonymous with the LGBT community. Yeah, I think my perspective is different being an adult walking into it and not having any context of what I was walking into. But yeah, it was just a real fun time with the three of them. And also, just like those witches, y'all look best in candlelight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh but it oddly doesn't feel dated. Not at all. It still feels fresh. And it's also really beautiful to watch because you can see how much fun everyone is having on this set. Even when they're doing like serious things or playing with things that are supposed to be scary, you can really tell how much fun they're having. And they so fully embody their characters just fully and i'll say that the one thing that that ages this movie if anything is the two bullies only because they are literal stereotypes of what a bully character looked like in 1993 whereas the sanderson sisters are meant to represent 300 years in the past and allison and max they are very much just your generic teens they don't have anything that really stands out except maybe a tie-dye shirt she has a very muted outfit he has a very muted outfit you have a little girl in a costume so those three people can pretty much be put in at any time and, and fit in whereas the two bullies are the only two that represent a very specific stereotype of what a bully was in high school in the 90s and, and the fact that you have like the cone bra madonna mom which is cute and fun um but this is yeah, 100%. This is a timeless film that, that works at any point. And I think that's why any adult can show their child this at any point, at any age, that we can watch it in a group in our mid-30s, early to mid-30s, and just enjoy the nostalgia of it. One thing that hits a little bit differently now watching it is just seeing the environment of all the trick-or-treaters running around outside, like oh, yeah. literally running into different houses. Yeah. I mean, you've got that one house that they end up going to where they just go into a party. They're just walking into a party that's already happening and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, Whatever, come off the street, party. Chad, I mean, number one, mice. Excuse me. <laughs> number two, now it's very different letting people in your house, but yeah. that's quite recent. But this, but like, that's not an accurate representation of what 1993 looks like. You got to remember that's the Disney. 
yeah. version of what real life looks like. open homes. Yeah. Parties on the street, people coming in. Community also, center suburbia. party. Yeah, it's a, the whole community center party. I'm like, I never experienced a community center Christmas party or no. Halloween party. Socials are gross. <laughs> like, yeah. Just period. I love socials. Socials are gross. Oh my God, Free that's game. one of the highlights of Manitoba culture. I'm just there for the prizes, really. Hundred. And I mean, let, let's say I'm going to be getting married. I want oh. a bunch of money, please. So for those of you who have not had the quotation mark in the air pleasure quotation mark in the air of experiencing a social the a social is a party that is thrown in a community in manitoba for the purpose specifically of raising funds to pay for your wedding so it's like having like a stag and doe like or and bachelorette dough. party where you invite not just your friends but anyone in the town you charge the money to come to this party and then you give out prizes Mm-hmm. And the prizes are always perfume, but secretly the perfume is always alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and one KitchenAid stand mixer. Every Does that time. summarize what a what That's a social 100% is? hundred percent what a social is. It is. Yeah. It's a it's a large hall space with fake flowers, Christmas lights, a lot of long cheap beer. tables, and there's a DJ playing CDs yeah. of your best traction in the seventies, eighties. And some, some 90s. Some when you 90s. put it on paper, it just sounds like garbage. Yeah. It's just like, why would you do this to your friends and family? Yeah. It sounds like Stefan's house on a Saturday night pre-COVID. <laughs> oh. Way too many people. He's charging entry fee. You leave with prizes? I mean, I guess what your definition of prizes can be different. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Alex, you have to go to the bathroom. So, Sam, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because so you lived in a community in which that it was so and not even just a community, but like a religion that prevented you from mm-hmm. celebrating Halloween. So what was it like seeing other kids celebrate it? And what was it like finally getting to experience it on your own oh. when you were older? Well, see, the thing is I always had jealousy as a child of seeing Halloween because obviously it was in media and it just looked so vibrant and fun. And, um, I mean, the, the chance to dress up like I'm in theater. Obviously, that's something that I love. And um, it's a chance to use your imagination and try on these costumes. And there were all these things that I was just told. It's like, no, this is celebrating the devil. Like, can't it just be celebrating dressing up and having candy? It's like, no, you're worshiping Satan then. But if I'm not choosing to worship Satan, then I'm not. But it, it was just, it was so ingrained yeah. In the culture, there were these these beliefs that it's like, no, we cannot acknowledge that there's a Halloween. When I said the word, I, I had an aunt of mine actually get angry with me. It was quite the experience, you know, just coming to terms with things that I really believed as a child anyway. Can I just ask, Sam, what was the religious belief in the community? Was it like Amish, Mormon? Right. Oh, where, where I'm from. Uh, mostly Mennonite. Did you have a bonnet? I need to know. No, 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 no. Like Did you have we were a Bifram hat. The only people in our community who were stylistically like old timey were um, Haldemones and Hutterites, and the Mennonites all look modern. They just have, you know, okay. beliefs like alcohol is liquid sin and dancing is evil and stuff like that. I think it. I, it's funny because it's it's something so simple as just a kid 
dressing up and going yeah. outside to collect candy. It really has nothing to do with anything. I, a child doesn't understand. A child sees, I want to dress up like a vampire. Yeah. I want to dress up like a clown. I want to dress up like a ninja. And I want to go grab candy because that's a treat like all the other kids do. Also, this was in Manitoba. You're lucky if you could wear your costume without yeah. fucking dying. I remember I had the mask. I literally had the full zoot oh, suit, the that. yellow zoot suit and a rubber mask. And I literally wore it like under my fucking winter coat and the condensation from my hot breath in the cold air filled the mask oh, with no. like water that would immediately freeze. I, I should have been, I should be dead the way, <laughs> but I'm like, I need to go trick or treating. I think I got like through like two blocks before I was like, well, this is hypothermia. I honestly don't remember what my first costume was. I know that there were a lot of shitty ones. And I think that I was forced to go as a clown maybe three or four years in a row because my mom could just paint my face. <laughs> but I remember my mom had found this mask with hair on it that looked like a troll doll. Ooh. And she made me like a bodysuit to go over my snowsuit with like a fat little belly and a belly button. And it was Ooh. like the cutest, greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah, and my cat pissed in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that so much. I, it's, it's classic. I was like, this is amazing. I'll wear this all the time. And I wake up the day after Halloween and I was like, what is that rancid burning smell? Oh, right in the mask. Uh, it's the smell of crushed hopes and dreams. Thanks so much. Right in the mask. Amazing. <laughs> But it also speaks to all of the things that we as, as little queerlings, Halloween was magic. Halloween, we could be more honest with ourselves and more honest with who we are in the world. We could hide behind the fact that, oh, it's just Halloween. We're just, it's just make-believe. And what we could really be was telling the truth. For a lot of LGBT people, this movie represents a time we felt we could be honest about ourselves, tell the truth about who we are. This movie represents magic being real and let me tell you some little queerlings in the middle of nowhere need a little magic and they need to know that the evil witches can be beaten because sometimes those evil witches are a lot closer than you want to think this this movie to me is just as important as far as the lgbt community goes as something like the wizard of oz some people that that home that no place like home that place is home on halloween God, how the fuck can I top that? That was beautiful. Um, I can't tell you how many men have told me that. <laughs> okay, so that ends Full Fantasy Realness Month. My thanks, as always, go to my amazing hosts for joining me on that adventure. If you love this episode, fantastic. And if not, go watch Hocus Pocus. I know it's November now, but go watch it. It'll make you feel better. You can find me, S-J-M-A-R-O-N-I, that's S-J Maroney, on Instagram. And for more content and information on Rebel Without a Closet, it's R-W-A-C-P-O-D, also on Instagram. Now, we'll be taking a break this week because we worked really hard in October, but this additional Hocus Pocus is probably good. <laughs> Use this to fill your time. Go back and rewatch episodes. We'll be back next, next week with a brand new episode. So I'll talk to you then.